When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. There we are, everybody. It's Knife Talk. As mentioned in Food Wine Magazine, the number one knife-related podcast on this germ-infested planet. That's it. My name's Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with the great Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and the fabulous Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing good. I'm good. Oh, and I Lots listen of energy. To- lots of energy. I listened back to last week's show, and it was it sounded as if I was on my last legs. I didn't sound good. But um, I've had a great week, actually, so um, I'm pretty upbeat this week. Um, things are happening. So uh, I haven't had, like, restaurant orders for a long, long time, uh, for obvious reasons. Restaurants right. are struggling. Um, but I got contacted by a chef that I worked with, for, with, with his restaurant probably a couple of years ago. Um, and they basically want me to do the same order again, but double the amount. So they're, wow. they're reordering, which is, which is really wow. nice. Um, and it's also nice, the fact that I hadn't really heard from him. So, you know, since they took delivery of them, I've reached out a few times. And, uh, you, know, he's, you know, he's a sort of celebrity chef, so you don't, you know, you don't expect a reply. Um, but it was just nice that, you know, that sort of validation that they come back and said, yeah, well, yeah, we, can we double up the order and have twice as many this time? So really happy with that. So that was a really nice beginning to the week. And just nice to hear that, you know, restaurants, you know, some of them are thriving. You're Um, talking to the right person because I know you've had issues before talking like kitchen managers or something like that about knives. You you got the right person this time, right? Yes, it is. It is. (laughs) Yes, the same guy who placed the order last time, basically. Okay, perfect. Um, And they've paid a deposit already. So it's, you know, we're all good. We're all good. Um, But they're actually in Singapore. um, So I'm not sure how the the virus is sort of over there. um, But it seems as if the restaurant is up open and thriving so hmm. so that's good news um hopefully for us all that you know things are getting better um and i've just been in the shop uh you know working on knives um I, i'm actually making a, a one-off at the moment um which i, I haven't done many of and I, and I promised myself i'm gonna do more of that and i'm gonna put it on camera so you guys can see because i want to know what you think mm. can oh, you see me cameras on yes yeah, this 100%. works well on a podcast. This yeah, yeah. yeah. really good. On TV. Does, does never does like never shirt on purple. <laughs> does never shirt on. So it's a one off, um, and the whole idea is it's about conservation. Um, yeah. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> I should put a shirt on. I know. I know. So it's a one off, and it's all about conservation. So we've got a uh, a whale and its calf engraved on the blade. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. I see um, and the actual handle is made from uh, plastics pulled from the ocean. Oh yeah. And it's oh, quite sort of like translucent. You can... you can sort of see through. Yeah, I like how you... it's like you're That's looking awesome. through water at the seafloor. Yeah. So um, I'm really pumped about that, and it's chance to be creative again because i haven't done that for a long time you know i've been working on sort of bigger orders so i'm really pumped about that so yeah i'm gonna finish that off today and hopefully it'll be available this week so i've just been positive it's been yeah it's been a week of of good news really so i'm i'm all good all good that's that's really i love that you have that you you kind of made that connection there's a very there's a very important theme going on there i really really appreciate that with the theme with what through your knife with the oh, with oh, the, right. with the oh, whale I see. I see. and the recycled plastics and I <laughs> yes, I love the I I mean it's it's there's going to have to be a point where people are able to you know turn their recycling or their plastic recycling into like 3D printing stuff because that's the only way we're going to be able to kind of like recycle the shit. Yeah. Well, I mean you can, but it's 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 not, you know, it's not everybody's doing it at home at the moment, you know. There are right. ways of doing it, but it takes special machinery and you know special knowledge. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we're going to get to that point surely where the ideal is, you know, every household doesn't produce any waste. It's reused. So whether it's food waste you could use to, you know, to heat the home or, you know, plastics, that, you know, well, hopefully there'll be no plastics, but any plastics you do use, hopefully you can recycle them yourself. That'd be cool. So what you're saying is that there will be an opening for a new podcast on the Makery Network called Recycle Talk. <laughs> God, it sounds boring. <laughs> Trust me, we'll be able to spice it up. We'll throw in some dick jokes and recycling, no problem. Oh God, it would be full of bloody vegans listening to us. You can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> don't make jokes. Don't make jokes. <laughs> Morocco, how's your week been? Uh, my week's been pretty good. Uh, basic standard knife stuff happening. Uh, yesterday, I was just in the shop with my son again, doing more woodworking. Um, we made, so he loves this book. What was it? Last week we made this little truck from this book that he loves reading called the little blue truck. And he knows it so well, he can recite the whole book. Yeah. There's actually a few of them. He can recite them and it looks like he's reading, uh, which is a crack up. I love it. (laughs) Um, but we've been making the characters out of wood. Uh, so first one was the little blue truck, which is the main character. And then, uh, this week, yesterday, uh, we made a little taxi, which is from the the little blue truck in the city. But it's it was fun. I got him in the shop, um, doing all the, like helping drill the holes, and and he's kind of like acting as my overseer, kind of like my foreman, kind of <laughs> walking through when we do the videos, uh, saying, "All right, this step we drill the holes, and the next step, and like he's telling everybody what's happening." Awesome. Kinda, it's That's super great. cute. Uh, so today, my plan is to kind of whip that together. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but it's pretty funny. Hmm. Uh, get that out there. Um, I also took some video on some S grinding, and man, you know what? I think I am getting old because <laughs> I got <clears throat> probably about uh, 65% of the way through doing stuff, and apparently, I just wasn't hitting the record button anymore. <laughs> and I was oh, talking. That's no. the middle age, Dave. That's the middle age. It'll come to us all. <laughs> well, and what's hilarious is yesterday we were doing this stuff with my son, and there were a few times where I took like five, six lo- minute long videos <laughs> of, of the inside of my pocket because apparently oh. I was hitting the record button as I was putting my phone in the pocket. So stupid. And so I've been struggling with how phones work and cameras work this week. <laughs> um,. And then, oh, Josh Smith has a podcast. 
Uh, he's just calling it the Josh Smith podcast right now. And uh, I started listening to it and he had a really, really great episode where he talks to Don Fogg, who is kind of um, the godfather, one of the godfathers, along with Steve Schwarzer of kind of modern day knife making uh, in the United States, uh, especially or kind of like kind of the, the renaissance or bringing it back, uh, especially around Damascus and pattern welding and 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 he started out as a blacksmith uh he'd be great to have on the show sometime talk more in depth with us but it was great to hear josh and him talk um because they just have such a long history josh first met him when he was like 15 when josh was 15 years old kid at a hammer in at rick dunker lee so anyways um yeah uh what is it yeah, what was i saying oh yeah don fog goes way back when it comes to damascus he actually was kind of the innovator of he of uh, the w's damascus huh. um oh. which i had no idea of um but it, hearing how it spread and he brought it over to montana uh after doing stuff in new england uh rick dunk really brought it had him had him out to do stuff and anyways you gotta go listen to the episode it's really great uh super informative and uh very enlightening i, I thought it was awesome I was yeah. actually going to bring it up because I talked to I talked to Josh you know infrequently, but he always gives me a call every so often. We have a nice conversation. He's just such a good dude. Yeah. And we talked before he started doing his podcast, and I listened to the first episode, and he is going to be doing great stuff. I'm really I'm really happy for Josh. I was I'm going to bring it up today that guys listen to the Josh Scott podcast. It's going to be great. Josh, yeah, I'll put Smith. a link down Josh in the show Smith. notes. Josh Smith. Josh, Josh Scott Smith. does not have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Scott does not have a podcast. Maybe he does. Josh? He's banned from all podcasts. He's, he's never <laughs> we'll guessed. He's, he's banned. He's I get him on the full blast podcast at some point. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, I I want to. We haven't done community showcases in a long time. I don't know if we want to save this for later. If you guys got somebody you want to shout out, or I, I got. Um, or I yeah. Shall we do? Shall we bring? Let's bring it back. Okay. Bring it back from the you dead. Do one later. Uh, community okay. showcase. Cool. Cool. All right, Jeff. How's the week been, my man? Weird. Super weird. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> had a great, the article from uh, Food & Wine came out, and they plugged this podcast in the Full Blast I podcast. <laughs> so I'm super pumped about that. And get ready, sponsors, over for Full Blast. You better hurry up. Tick, tick, tick. Because shit is going fucking, well, it's going <laughs> south right now. But the other thing is, is uh, it was really, really cool. And then, uh, you know, funny thing is, is I've been trying to do more... Uh, process where it's closer to making sculpture and painting than it is being business knife making. So I've been really being spontaneous in regards to my my uh, construction and certain things and kind of like playful stuff. So I've been doing these kind of really colorful things and really just trying to work within the confines of what I have in the shop and mentally being uh, spontaneous. So making decisions and then going with it. And it's been a lot of fun. And the funny thing is I post this knife to Facebook because I'm not really, this isn't really something I'm going to put on as it for fader knives as a business, but it's just something that kind of keeps me creative and trying to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we got a lot of great feedback. It was uh, blue with green with dots and it was fun. A lot of fun. And, and it, you know, got all of a sudden I got a message from, uh, you know, on the, on Facebook, it was Nick Rossi said something. And then underneath Nick, Wheeler started saying something and there's just two guys I really look up to and they're playing patty cake in the comments section and all these people are having these nice things to say and it was great and then all of a sudden I get a notification that somebody wrote something so I looked at it and it said I placed an order nine months ago I did and it see looks that. as if 
it looks as if you're working on new stuff before you complete the old stuff. I'm extremely disappointed. It was along those lines. And I'm looking at the name, and I'm like, who the fuck is this? I, st- I mean, it was like, I read it, and the brakes in the shop stopped. I started to, and before I started to say anything, I'm like, let me see if I can find this guy's order. So I tore the office up. I looked, I thought maybe it was nine months ago, maybe there was a paper order. Maybe the paper fl- slipped behind the desk. I pulled the desk out to pull everything out. I'm ripping the filing cabinet up looking for this guy's name. So then I sent a message to Tony saying, listen, I sent a screenshot. I said, you know who this is? Do we have an order? Are we missing this guy's order? Tony's moving. He's got a one-year-old kid in his arm. He's like, I'll take a look. I haven't been bothering him because he's kind of going through some things and he's trying to get everything squared away. She's like, I'll take a look look at it in an hour. I'll I'll be home. I'll take a look at it in an hour. So for that hour, I'm like tearing the shop up looking for this guy's order. You know, I don't even know what it is. I don't even, the name is so like generic that it sounds familiar. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, I remember this order, but you know, so all of a sudden an hour passes, I've starting to clean the shop because I'm afraid of like touching anything. I'm so, I'm so horned up and pissed and like angry at myself and whatever. Horned up. Yeah. Horned up. That's that, that for, means excited, to me. excited. Oh, okay, it is. Okay. What does it mean for you? Well, like horny. Is that, does that <laughs> no. get you going? Does that, <laughs> like a disgruntled <laughs> customer gets you going? <laughs> I'm horny. I'm horny. I'm not horny. Uh, so, so all of a sudden I get a call from, uh, Tony and he says, look, I've looked all over. We, we looked on the computer, on our computer orders and ship station. We looked through play PayPal. We looked through everything and all he could find was an, was an email that he had sent. Tony had sent Tony. So the sent was like, so basically what it looked as if the guy had fill out the paperwork for, to, you know, like for the newsletter or the request or whatever, mm-hmm. Tony sent him a message saying, okay, great. Here's what it is. Blah, 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 blah. Here's how to, uh, to let's, you know, let's keep going. And we heard nothing. So Tony says, this guy didn't order anything. And I said, what? He writes this thing on my personal Facebook page and he, and he didn't write, he didn't order anything. And he says, it's Tony is the, the ultimate assassin. If I ever bust up with Tony, I'm going to have to go into witness, witness, appro- uh, uh, witness protection <laughs> because I wouldn't fuck with Tony for all the tea in China. He is a bad motherfucker. So he says to me, he's like, listen, we got to rope this guy. So send him a message and ask for the invoice number just to make sure. Maybe we we'll, maybe we did miss something. So I, so I sent him on the, on the Facebook page. I said, listen, I just sent you an email. We grabbed the email from his last message. I sent you an email, and it's, you know, and then he writes underneath on Facebook, I didn't get an email. So I said, well, check your junk folder or send me a DM in the message in the DM, and we'll take care of this. So he sends me a message in the DM. He says, I checked, and this is in, like, all caps. I checked my email. I checked my junk. Nothing. So then I took the screen caps of the email responses and I sent it to him and he goes, oh, I didn't pay for anything. I didn't leave a deposit either. So I wrote to him, I'm like, well, that means you didn't place an order. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you made it seem as though you you paid for something and I've just decided to not do it. Yeah. And he goes, well, that's not the case. I said, well, I appreciate it if you, you know, if you had, yeah, I appreciate it if you, delete your comments because I mean you're my peers or my friends or the people I look up to are seeing this and it's embarrassing why would you do that so you should go okay I reply I'm sorry I didn't mean that so then he starts saying well let's do some emailing back and forth to make sure I'm not getting you it looks like it's your email I'm not getting your emails and so it's your from your end and he started tearing me up on the, on the line and I was just like 
And then all of a sudden, I get a message from Tony. He's like, this guy was interested in maybe an oyster knife. I'm like, this is fucking, all this fucking work for an oyster knife and this fucking agita. So I wrote him back. I'm like, look, here, I gave him a link. I said, yeah, here, you want an oyster knife? Buy an oyster knife. And then he goes, well, I want to make sure you get my emails. I'm like, dude, this, and I wrote out of frustration. I said, this is all too much work for an oyster knife. Fucking email. I'm, uh, I, uh, he's like, give me your cell phone. He goes, let me give me your cell phone. I'll give you a call. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. I don't. And then he wrote me this whole email about how Miss uh, DM saying, you need to learn about customer service and <laughs> you need to customer I mean, service and point. you said this and you did that. And you did blah, 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 blah. So I wrote back, dude, you're not even my customer. And then I wrote, listen, we're done. Good luck. Good luck. And then I took mm-hmm. a page out of Morocco Mamasi, and then for the first time in my life on Facebook, I blocked him. Feels so good. then I found out that it was from a really good... <laughs> I did. I was just like, fuck it. I was like, this is crazy. You can't just... People are crazy. So then yeah. it turns out he was a friend of a really good customer of mine. So the next day, I had to call a customer, my friend, this customer. Oh. And I just gave him this... Long... I told him a story. He's like, oh, I saw it. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed for you. I was embarrassed for him. I was embarrassed for me. And he said, the guy is a complete asshole, and I'm going to talk to him. I'm like, don't talk to him. It's over. But it oh, all's yeah. end... all's well that ends well. But it was like, hey, this hey, is hey. the thing that a lot of our cust- our listeners get, which is, you know, you go through all this bullshit with these people, and then they ghost you. And then... so. Hmm. If it was, you know, they ghost you. So we, I said, explain to this guy, sometimes we'll go through all the bells and whistles and the price and the this and the options and the this and the that, and then we don't hear from them. So we can't track them down. Like, if you're not responding, it's not a, resp- it's not a responsibility to go after you. And a lot of our listeners go through this where you, you, you get frustrated. And then this yeah. guy, who clearly shouldn't be on the internet, I mean, that's really what it comes you. down to. He he fu- I mean, it was fucking ridiculous. It was, it was it fucking bothered me but at the same time at the end it was great because Mareka might be right blocking is fun <laughs> yeah it's pretty you know? gratifying <laughs> but Problem it was gone. it was uh dude it was like it 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 actually fucked me up for the rest of the afternoon like for an oyster knife oh, that oh, wasn't even bought it sounds infuriating oh dude Especially i was tearing the shop up yeah. well because it's your reputation you know it's your yeah, name on the exactly. it's my name on the company it's not like you know it's not like something, it's not, and I was talking to my wife, and I was going to take it to person. I'm like, your name isn't fucking on their knives. And I want people going around thinking that I'm like lolly, get, you know, playing footsie while I have all these all this work to do. Yeah. Sure. I, I think, I mean, I saw that message, and I'm pretty sure that any other knife maker saw that would have gone, what a dick. You know, because we all have orders, you know, from a long time ago and that kind of thing. It, it's like, what a dick. Or, ooh, Fader's got some splaining to do. You know, no, I mean, so. it does put a, it does put a degree of like doubt on is this this is this is how he does business and this is how his these Facebook people are writing these awful things. I mean, you know, you saw it, so it wasn't it was yeah, like I, mean, I had to wait like def- two it's hours. Like defamation of character in a way. To a certain degree, it certainly is. And I said to him, I'm like, you're. I was talking to my kid about. it. I was just like, he he dis- he besmirched my reputation. And she goes, what yeah. the fuck word is besmirched? <laughs> so. <laughs> So it's like besmirched. Did you make that word up? I'm like, I wish I made that word up, but it was true. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's annoying. Yeah. Can I? I mean, people. Okay. Exactly. To quote Craig Lockwood, people, people. Well, and I would like to add, you know, I've found I've been doing custom orders, only custom orders for the last six, seven years, and to be honest. I'm pretty fucking burned out. And something I've 
found that I need to do for myself is to make what my friend Adam DeRozier calls a fun knife, which is just something that I'm doing for myself, or even just even if it's just making a pattern um, to kind of break the the pattern of everything that I'm doing um, around custom work to, to kind of take a moment to do something for myself because I think as creative people it's important to maintain that desire of creativity um or it's very easy to get burned out and honestly if anybody said that to me i'd be like listen this is part of my business model how the fuck can they ask question you about that because honestly i have built it into my business model so that i can maintain a level head and continue to do the custom work otherwise i'm like they're if i just plow ahead through custom orders like it's just it, it's soul crushing in a way and and you know i don't know if i can last doing that and i you know who knows i might fucking mm. up and quit just as easy as i easily as i block people but you know i i take the time <laughs> to kind of do my own like mental maintenance so that i can get back mm. into my custom orders with a, my head on right um, and I think building that into a business model and telling some, somebody that it's part of your business model, like, there's nothing they can fucking say about that. And if they don't like that, then they yeah. can fucking straight the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in this situation, this guy wasn't even a customer. I mean, this guy was a fucking... No, that's... Yeah. Well, he, that's this guy that's was... What this is a rubbernecker. Worse. This is a fucking rubbernecker <laughs> is what this guy was. Ooh, what's that? I mean, yeah. this guy's from the fucking the shoulder. He ain't even on the highway. He's on the shoulder throwing rocks. <laughs> You know, it's like, this is bullshit. You don't even have a car. America's got a good point there about building time in where you can experiment and play. Um, and it's really good to see that stuff that you're doing, Jeff, with all that, you know, the color and things like that. You can see you're having fun with it. And I think, you know, that's important as well. Uh, it's been, I tell exactly. you what, you're absolutely right. It was, it was something to, I mean, keep on saying, I want to get back into sculpture. I want to get back into sculpture. And I just tried to use the mindset that I would have when I, if I was painting or something like that, I'd make these hmm. very, very quick decisions, you know, and it was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, when we get involved with the Damasteel, shit's going to put popping. Oh yeah. I'm just so telling we've you. We've got a big announcement to make pretty right. soon about that as well. But, um, there you go. remember Damasteel, you can actually get, um, a 10% off. If you use Knife Talk 10, if you sign up as a customer at, on the Dharma Steel website, you can get 10% off any Dharma Steel, which is a bloody good deal. Shall we get on with like the main bulk of the show? Well, yeah, I, I got an, we did, I did get an email um, from one of our listeners. Oh, we have some a couple announcements to make. Uh, if you, this is the last time. Um, February 1st is the deadline for Alex Pohl. He wants touch marks from blacksmiths and bladesmiths. I'm sorry, ground uh, sock removal guys. I don't know what to tell you. This isn't my situation, but they, he's got a book coming out. So if you can go to uh, uh, email a one-by-one -one drawing, black outline sketch of your touch mark to alex at alexpoleironwork.com, -E you'll be in his book. But February 1st is the deadline. So, yeah. Love that, dude. Cool. Cool. Any more announcements we need to make? Uh... Calendars. Calendars. I got an email. Miracles calendars. calendars, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I got calendars. This is the same Artisans, Artisans of Steel calendar I've been doing for the last couple of years. Um, 
we got a lot of really great makers in there and they are available on my website you can also hit the link in my bio and that'll take you to the calendars as well and i really want to thank everybody who has uh gotten gotten one in and uh and supported me in that way it's really huge i really appreciate it and uh if you do get a calendar make sure you tag me in a picture of it that you post post on your stories or whatever i want to share it back out thank you everybody nice i'm out <laughs> cool <laughs> well we got a message from uh this is like a kind of a beef situation you know we did the all beef review a while ago and we still have some runoff beef i i we saved it all we'll, we'll get it down the line but uh, this one comes from uh archie selka I've been starting my journey in knife making and stumbled across your podcast. After listening to a few episodes and checking out your websites and Instagrams, I think I found some people who really share my new passion. Hating morons on the internet. <laughs> yes. Or oh, just people in general for me. People! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, the, uh, the, beef, the All Beef Review is epic, so here are a couple from me. People who say, can I ask you a question at the beginning of their message? Evidently, you can, because you just did, you fucking chopstick. That is a good insult, you fucking chopstick. And then um, the second beef is uh, the Arnie impression in that advert you have on repeat. Last week's episode's impression were funny, but for the love of God, please kill that Arnie impression with fire. Craig? Life Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers <laughs> of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! But we're not done yet, Archie. Combat abrasives make the world's <laughs> best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! There you go. There you go, Archie. Just for you. Just for you. <laughs> Poor Archie. Yeah. Like but it. the thing is, I mean, those adverts, they, they help us out massively. So I think we're doing a service to the knife-making industry because all our adverts are giving discounts to, to people as well. So even heat, for example, um, we can now get a discount via Soul Ceramics. Um, so if you were to go to uh, knifetalk.net forward slash heat, um, I'm not sure if that domain's actually working yet. It's taken its time, but if not, it'll be down in the show notes. Um, it'll take you to Soul Ceramics, where you can get $75 off an even heat and free shipping. Um, so, yeah, so I think we're doing a service. We're doing, you know, we're doing He's good. He's not mad shortly. at the service. He's mad at the Arnie impression. You at the like Arnie. It. Right. We've debated taking Arnie off, haven't we, and replacing it with somebody, but I think Arnie works. He works People well. fucking like it. This, we could... He knows all about swords, for example, so he's the perfect <sighs> man for the job. <laughs> God, I'd love to get him. He's I mean, the expert. Obviously, he ain't coming on in this flea, in this flea bag, but, I mean, <laughs> would be good to, you know, straighten him out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just very quickly, whilst we're talking about the, the Even Heat discount, um, we had a few messages of people went to Soul Ceramics and they couldn't see the discount. The discount applies when you go to the checkout. So when you go to the checkout, you'll see the $75 off and the free shipping. And you don't have to put anything in? No, don't have to do anything. You just click They've on just the, um, you got to use this, that specific link. So it's okay. down in the show notes. And um, yeah, and we're away from there. Boom. Boom. So Archie, oh, I think oh, he actually, he has a real question too, doesn't he? He does have a real question, but speaking of which, we've been getting a lot of uh, people have been tagging us in their even heat ovens, which has been awesome. So 
it's really cool seeing that people really are, you know, using our sponsors and, and like supporting them because it does support us, but it also supports small business. All these companies that we're working with are, you know, mom and pop shops. We know the people and we know the, the, their families and the, the Even Heat guys are, it's a wonderful family and, you know, you're doing a great job. Yeah. So back to uh, back to Archie. <laughs> so anyway, that's what he, he wrote it so long. He was like, he gave us the beef. He goes, well, so anyway, as I was saying, so anyway, I'm making can my I ask first you a question. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was expecting him to start that with. So <laughs> yeah. can I ask you a question? Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? No, he no, he's smart. He edited. He, so anyway, I'm making my first knife. Uh, my brother uh, bought me a Damascus billet, so I wanted to make sure that it's done right. I 3D printed some prototypes, so I have the design down. Thanks to my good friend uh, JLD Knives. Uh, bought a 1x30 grinder, and I'm very careful as I go. But from listening to your podcast, the advice seems to be make to be make 10 knives and throw them all in the garbage when you start out. Should I stop being such a pussy and go for it, or <laughs> no matter the end result? Or will I have uh, more benefit talking, uh, taking a more uh, cautious approach? Um, there, are, there are only so many. Uh, there are only going to be one knife. Uh, you can call the first one, right? Uh, before I, before I, um, before you ask, I am listening to the XYZ podcast, although I got, uh, I got about halfway into it and some Malaysian dude was chatting shit while I wondered where Craig was before I realized it was the wrong XYZ podcast. You got a, you got a Malaysian version. Uh, one of the, uh, one for, here's for Craig. Where is the line between machine and human? And how much could you see and see, et cetera, before it gets, before it's no longer a handmade knife? Uh, thanks very much for the entertainment and advice. Knife maker's openness and mutual respect is a real winner in this dumpster fire of what we call the modern world. Cheers, Archie. Archie's put some work into this, hasn't he? Archie Jeez. did a good job. He did a good job. He <laughs> caught my eye. He caught my eye, and kind of that's kind of the name of the game in this situation. So good job, Archie. So let's unpack this. So a bunch of questions. The right. first one is about his first knife. He's saying out of Damascus and jump in. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? What do you think, Marekko? I think don't do it. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like. I think it sounds like he he wants some sort of of of. Uh, gloating point to say that his first knife was made out of Damascus but the reality is like nobody fucking starts with making Damascus making a knife out of Damascus <laughs> their very first knife and so just you know be straightforward with yourself and allow yourself to have that learning experience and your first knife Archie your literal first knife is probably going to be a piece of shit but that's all right oh, it gives you room to grow okay Jeez. it gives you room to grow there's nothing wrong with that no, of course not. <laughs> Seems like you're being awfully harsh on poor Archie. He's poor listening to Malaysians on some sort of XYZ podcast. Well, looking for our it's help. not my fault. He can't read. <laughs> oh, jeez, Archie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Archie impression is his only beef, only beef that's for sure. <laughs> Archie, I mean, you're obviously putting some homework in. You've got some designs and you're 3D printing the designs to see. So you're putting a lot of sort of prep work in. Um and like Morocco says, don't don't worry so much about that first knife because I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say you're going to throw it in the garbage, but, you know, it's nice to keep as your first knife. Um, but it's not going to be perfect. No matter how much work you, you know, prep work you put in, it's not going to be perfect. So, yeah, do yourself a favor. Get yourself some, you know, some standard single core steel and, um, 
yeah, just just make something, make the mistakes on that. And when you're happy with the result after making a few, use that Damascus, and that can be your first Damascus knife, and that will still be a special knife for you. That was a much kinder and gentler way, and I think I agree with all. I think I agree <laughs> with everything you've said, and I agree with all the sentiments you've had too. Archie, the first one's going to be a piece of shit, just like Marekko said. It's going to be. <laughs> the first ones are terrible. I mean, the first first one is going to, you're going to look down on it a couple years from now, and you're going to say, why did I ruin that piece of Damascus? And it's not your fault. It's just the way it is. I mean, it's just, you don't yeah. know how to do it, and you're going to learn, and then you're going to learn over repetition. So yeah. I agree. What's fire. the second part of that? Um, where's the line between machine and human? And how yeah. much could you CNC before it's no longer handmade knife? I've, I've got a bit of a problem with, you know, handmade knife, because I think, you know, you look at people like Aaron Goff, who CNCs the whole thing, the handle, the knife, the bevels, everything. Um, and I'd still say that's very much sort of handcrafted, um, just because we're not putting machine we're not putting you know raw materials into a machine and pressing print and then we end up with this this perfect knife it's just a different skill set and it's you know it it's very very difficult to do for example what Aaron does I certainly couldn't um and it's it's this it's just a different skill set and I think as time moves on uh, you know and we're not in the dark ages anymore you know starting fires with flints and stones um we we used you know better things and I think that's my attitude towards knife making, really. Um, there's certainly a place for, you know, traditional, without a doubt. And, you know, the work is incredible. And, and I wish I could I could do that. But I can't. Um, but what I can do is maybe look into uh, where I see things going in the future and trying to master that. Um, so I think they are still handcrafted. Maybe handmade is, is, is a slightly different term. But where do we go for that? You know, we're all using grinders that use electricity, you know. Is that is that handmade? That you know where where is that line? So I think handcrafted is, is probably a good a good description of what what we all do. Even though what I do differs massively to what Morocco does and what Jeff does. Here's the controversial question for the both of you: In the art world, one of the most famous living sculptors is a guy by the name of Jeff Koons. You probably have heard of him. He's the one who did these giant, uh, blown aluminum, a blown uh, aluminum, like almost. Uh, like like uh, balloon animals out of aluminum. You know what I'm talking about? Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I know I mean, the name, but I, I, I don't know what right. his Jeff work. Koons, one of the most famous living sculptors. Damien Hirst, Jeff Koons, neck and neck living sculptors, just bazillionaires. Yeah. He has uh, a building, and he basically interviews art students um, after graduate school to work for him, and then they help to, I mean, these are like professional art students. You know, these are like guys who get out of graduate school. These are professional fucking sculptors and stuff. Proper he chin hires strokers. them and he, pardon me? Proper chin strokers. <laughs> Proper chin strokers. That's a fucking good one right there. Proper chins. They're, they got their thumb up in the air and they got one eye squinting and it's going back and forth. And, oh, yes. Oh, looking good. So he hires them and they he like comes up with these ideas and he has a whole crew to make these things and he also has stuff fabricated we once back at the center for metal arts we made some metal parts for him and his you know his you know whatever his manager came to make sure it was done people have a real problem with the fact that he's just designing it same thing with the glass blower dale chihuly he had a car accident blew his eyeball out something fucked up he got people making his glass sculptures for him 
people have a problem with the fact that they're the artist because they have other people touching it. Yeah. I don't. I don't have no problem with it. So he's still the sculptor. Yeah, makes sense. Off to yeah. you. Well, then that's the same thing as if you're having stuff made. These people make the design. They create the design. They figure out how to do it. And if they're sending stuff off, it's still there, still the, the person making it. It's just a question of there are these little words. People are worried about, like, the authenticity of it all. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Hmm. And I think particularly with knife making because authenticity is, you know, is a big thing for any sort of any person who crafts anything, anybody who makes things. Um, so yeah, just choosing those words very carefully can make a huge difference because there's so many people out there ready to jump on it. You know, that, the whole thing of, you know, handmade. So petty. You, you, yeah. And you see a lot in people's comments where, you know, people may have had something laser cut out and all the rest of it and be like, well, how handmade is that? You know, you're just thinking, well, we talked about this before with the people who generally make those comments are people who don't make things themselves. Right. There you go. So do we answer Archie's question? I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so, but I'll be back. <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay, another one from Rule 9 Knives um, on Instagram. Um, and most of these questions have come from Instagram, so if you have a question... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. And Rule 9 Knives did exactly that and says, Hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> Just to wind Archie up. <laughs> He's talking about mystery steel. Why is there a stigma against found steels due to their unknown origin, but woots and hearth steels are considered godlike? Not in the unknown steel camp, just asking. Hmm. That's a good one. I don't like uh, just asking. What, oh, I don't, you don't what, can, you explain, asking. Marekko, what, can you explain what woots and hearth steels are, first of all? Uh, I wish I wish uh, Emiliano was on here to explain hearth steels. He could do that a lot better than me. But when it comes to woots, woots is a crucible steel. So a crucible literally is like a little clay pot that elements are placed in and they're brought up to a really high temperature and they're melted down together. Um, back in the day, ancient times, you know, they didn't really know kind of what exactly they're putting in there. But they also came from like thousand years traditions of making cruise or what are even hundred year traditions of making cru these crucible steels and melting melting them down in this way i mean it takes a long time to develop that kind of technology in those times and so um modern day <clears throat> excuse me uh the the guys that are making the crucible steels now they are very very particular like they are with little measuring uh scoops and with scales, they are measuring the elements that are putting that they are putting into their uh, crucible steels, whether it's woots or pulat or bulat or whatever you want to call it. They're all basically the same thing. Um, they're they're melted down in a crucible. The problem, I guess, that folks have, and sometimes I have, even myself, with mystery steels, is that you are grabbing something and you don't know what it is exactly. And but the thing is, you can actually figure out what it is. By cutting off a little coupon and sending it somewhere to have that tested or, or sent somewhere where they can do the kind of chemical breakdown and figure out what it is you're actually working with. I guess it, I think the I mean, ultimately, <clears throat> I think it comes down to just being transparent. And <laughs> but I don't think a lot of people want to say, I don't know what the fuck this steel is, but I made a thing from it. Will you buy it? Um, 
I think trying to tell the story behind it. And I think the, the, the best thing you could do is like, say you get a giant, like a, a spring or something like that. And you can, there's a lot of material in some of those, uh, like tool steel or spring steels. Um, you know, cut a chunk off, forge a knife out of it and do destruction testing and show that it is capable of being turned into an actual tool. But I think the problem is yeah. that people are taking unknown materials and for all they know, they're working with mild steel and saying, this is a custom made knife forged from reclaimed material. And realistically, it's, again, it's just a turd, you know? So yeah. um, I think it's, it's, it's about doing right by your customers, but also by, especially if you're trying to do this as a business, by the reputation you're potentially trying to build up and um you know it's i think it's fine to you know if that's especially if that's where you're starting or even like even with the experience i have if i'm gonna play with quote-unquote mystery steels or reclaim materials i'm gonna send them out and have them tested so i can figure out what it is i'm actually working with so that i can also kind of tailor my heat treat based around that um another issue that you potentially come up against with reclaim materials is that especially if they're old or worn out or re been replaced with new stuff there there's a strong possibility that there's some flaws in that stuff um you know these spring steels uh and stuff like that weren't made from the most refined quality 5160 like there's a difference between 5160 spring steel stock and 5160 steel stock that is designed or clean enough and has been judged to be good enough to make a knife out of you know there's a big difference mm. between those you know in, in the, some of these spring stuff and all that other kind of stuff is there's there can be some serious flaws and some serious inclusions of just crap that happen it just happens from the melt but there's kind of different tiers of the quality of that same type of steel and so you just got to be willing to go along with that i guess uh and own it but that's the thing like it's 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 a reflection of you and i think that's where uh at least i would have a concern with using any like haphazardly kind of using whatever kind of mystery steel um so that's where that's yeah, what I mean, I like Morocco said you could you could send a bit off for analysis and find out what it is or you could you know cut off a bit and do go through a heat treat and see how they performs that kind of thing but you know in in jeff's words is is the juice worth a squeeze there you know because it's it's not right. expensive to buy uh, you know yep. good steel and i think you know a chef doesn't go through a dumpster and see what ingredients he can find there and just you know cook something up you need to know what it is um That's I think, right. yeah it, it doesn't need to be expensive to, to get good good steel you don't go into a deli and say give me a sandwich and they give you a sandwich and when you ask them what's in it they won't tell you you kind of <laughs> want to know yeah. what's in the sandwich you know you might not want turkey and Swiss. You might not want liverwurst. You, it's good to know what's in the sandwich. It's good for you. Yep. Unless it's a sausage. Nobody you, needs to know what's in the sausage. Well, and you're in Europe. They, they'll, tell you, they'll tell you the name of the pig and the, you know, which ear it was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Left ear yeah. from Squinty. <laughs> the one-eyed pig. <laughs> Pig's lips and, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. right. Unless anyway, you want a hot dog. Let's move on. Yeah, get a hot dog. <laughs> We ready for another one? Get it. Let's do it. This one's from Sloat Alexander. He says, uh, "Hey fellas, I really enjoy the show, and I'm bring, uh, I'm 
I am binge listening to the podcast and going backwards from newest to oldest. I like that it's not all technical and has a lot of fun games. Thank you for the entertainment and the knowledge you all offer. Keep up the good work. That's it. That was just a very, very nice Thank compliment. You. Thank, Thank you. you. That so he's going it. from newest to oldest. Wow. That's a that's a that's a strange move. Yeah, strange move. <laughs> Should we get Della and Della. <laughs> there were some clunk. There were some clunkers in there, baby. There were some motherfuckers. <laughs> Ah, okay. Matthew Donaldson asks, um, Australian summers are tough. The more clothes I wear, such as long sleeve shirts, long pants and leather apron protect me, but I can only work for like an hour before I'm getting heat stroke. What do you guys do to stay cool in the shop when it starts to heat up? Love the show, guys. One day I hope to own a knife from each of you. Didn't we once um, have a suggestion from an Australian knife maker on what to do when it gets hot in the shop? In we the did. <laughs> We did, yes. Forgot oh, about that. Do you remember what? Do you remember what the suggestion was? I have no idea. There's a spoon. In you involved. know, no, you know. Come on, man, you know. <laughs> what was it, Craig? What does he say you should do in, in Australia when it's hot in your shop and you gotta, gotta get a heat stroke? All I remember, there was a spoon involved, and <laughs> I, thought it was I don't a know. Cold you spoon. Keep the. Sp- you guys are just you're fooling around. Just tell him what he said. He said you. Here's what you do. Listen, listen here, Matthew. You got to get a soup spoon. And then you and then you put it in ice cream, and then you put maybe it up a your, teaspoon. It depends, <laughs> depends on your size. <laughs> yeah, and then you put it up between your legs, and then you cool down the old gooch. Isn't that what it was? I, I I'd imagine you drop a ball onto into the spoon, <laughs> into the bowl of the spoon. Maybe have two spoons, one for each. But who knows? There you go. There you go. <laughs> two spoon, two scoops. All right. Uh, there you go. I will say that every shop I've ever been in, I always like immediately note the type of floor it is. Like if you have a nice concrete floor, it usually keeps your shop much cooler if you keep the doors closed. I'm a, I hate it when it's super hot and it's nice and cool from the concrete and you open the door up and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, come on, let's, let's see all the nice fresh air. And then all of a sudden it's hot mm. as hell. So yeah. I, I'm a big fan of concrete floors. When yeah. I was in, well, Kine- m- my shop is sort of part of the house. It's an old, actual like retail shop on the, on the front of the house, um, and all of the windows and shutters, which are quite common out here in France, they all have shutters. So in the summer, you see every just closes everything up, all the shutters, so no heat gets in. Um, so I tend to do that as well. So yeah, stop the heat getting in in the first place. I think that's the that's the trick. Sure. When I was at Dragon's Spoon, when I was in Dragon's Breath Forge uh, in Connecticut. You know, it was a six thousand square foot shop, and it it would heat up like the humidity uh, and heat on the East Coast was definitely surprising to me while I was living there. Uh, but what was really great about the shop is they had a tiny ass little office that they would keep uh, air conditioned. So from time to time, I would pop in there just to cool off for like five minutes um, because it was pretty gnarly some days. <laughs> But just having an isolated area that you could cool off, that would be the dream. There you go. Yeah. The next one comes from Aaron Goff. Uh, yo. <laughs> he just starts in yo. <laughs> yo. Yo. Regarding eyelets splitting in Kydex sheaths, uh, last week we had a question about Kydex and the eyelets splitting. <sighs> if the dyes have any imperfections, 
machining marks, etc. On the inside surfaces, they'll split the rivet way more often. If you put your dies in a hand drill and polish the surface that touch the rivets with 1,000 grit sandpaper, you will, they will split way less. Hmm. I use 812 rivets at you know, 8 thousandths thick um, Kydex to make a standoff eyelet. The Kydex is way too thin, but the polished dies will work every time. So a little unsolicited advice from Aaron Goff. Really quick, mm. that was 80 thousandths of an inch. Sweet. Thank you. I don't really you know, appreciate it. So Aaron Goff, I just want our listeners to know that just because Aaron Goff gave us unsolicited advice and just because, well, I did mention to him when he wrote that, I said, well, maybe you should have your own podcast and it happens to be on the XYZ podcast. So I don't want the listeners in Malaysia. To, in Malaysia. I don't want the X, I don't want the listeners of our podcast to think that we only take unsolicited advice from any, you know, just because he's a big shot. So I'm suggesting to you, the listener, I'm giving you the opportunity. We want your unsolicited advice. So send <laughs> us DM. We're going to do a new bit. Unsolicited advice. So I'm soliciting you to solicit us unsolicited advice. So send us your DM us your unsolicited advice. And not to mention, I would suggest if you really want it to be read, you should start it with, I know you didn't ask, but, and then, (laughs) (laughs) I know you didn't ask, but, and then give us your unsolicited advice. I would suggest unsolicited advice about anything. You could say anything. You put the peanut butter on before the jelly, whatever you want. Give us your unsolicited advice and I'll read it off. It's and that on top in the, in the thing, isn't it? What? <laughs> is it what? Is it, is that, I know you didn't ask, but. That's it's what like I want to hear. Mm. Don't that take will... this the wrong way, but you're a prick. That is how I want you to phrase it. And not to mention, feel free to send unsolicited advice to all the podcasts on the Makery Network and say, and write, <laughs> write to them all. <laughs> Oh I know you didn't ask, but no, we're going to see what happens. It's all those podcasts. I would be careful about some of them. Jeremy from Simple Little Life might call you, what does he call people? Like a fatty slapper or what? I don't know what kind of names uh, he calls clown people. Clown donkey. Yeah, clown donkey <laughs> or jack nozzle or whatever he call. He might give it to you, but feel free to send your unsolicited advice to all the podcasts on the Makery Network and see what happens. So is this nice. kind of like, you know what you should do? This is exactly, this is a revamping of you know what you should do. But in, in that regards, this is your, you, the listener, are telling us how it is. And then we'll see how it happens. So there you go. Rebranded for 2021. Okay. Try something else. Try something new. JM underscore custom knives says, is it just me or does anybody else have the problem of keeping your personal knives sharp? It seems like I spend more time keeping other people's knives sharp, but end up neglecting my own. Love the podcast, guys, and keep up the good work. It's the whole cobbler shoes thing, isn't it? You know, it's too busy working to do anything for yourself. Those ceramic rods are the fucking best for just yeah, a yeah, quick yeah. whip up. I don't. I think Mareko yeah. mentioned it to me, or when we were at JB Prince, we were talking to Tim Music about it. They are awesome. Those ceramic yeah. rods are just like just a one quick whip, and you know, you get you get things wrapping. Yeah. 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 yeah, I haven't sharpened my personal chef's knife at home in pro- over a year. And it's because, one, I'm using it on a proper cutting surface. 
but two and, and two I hand wash it. Uh, and three I store it, store it properly so it's not banging and clanging against other things. So with all of those three steps, yeah, all all you need is a little lick on the hone every once in a while to bring that edge back. You know, lick on the hone. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Here's the you title of the podcast. <laughs> Just a lick, lick on, on the hone. <laughs> Finger glove. <laughs> but that's that's a good point, actually. You, you mentioned having you know a proper cutting surface and you're making sure it's stored properly and hand washing that kind of thing. Um, lots of people, I mean, lots of our customers are not aware of you know what is a good cutting surface. And I've I've seen you know customers of mine using you know a glass cutting board, and it's like that that's rolling pastry. It's not you know it's the worst thing you could probably use. Mm. Um, so yeah, how do you go about telling your customers? You know, do you give many sort of um, instructions of how to use the knife, anything like that at all? Uh, I have a care sheet that I send along with each of my knives, along with the kind of like certificate paper, just that goes through mm-hmm. the details of the knife. Um, but the care sheet kind of goes over how to take care of it, store it, how to, like what kind of surfaces to use it on, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Do you anything, Jeff? No, I mean, I you know, I I, I you know, I, I it doesn't really come up, but I mean, at the same time, it's like I usually I always write on my packaging hand wash only. Yeah. Um, and then we do have a care sheet on the website, and sometimes people read it, sometimes they don't. I mean, the funny thing about the whole cutting board thing is, is people aren't going to just start buying you cutting. They don't. They don't. And they get the shit from IKEA, or as my sister mm-hmm. used to say, IKEA. Ikea. She called it Ikea, Ikea for years. We break our balls about that. But I don't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I need. To, I think I need to do a better job there. I've got like a video up on the website and that kind of. But it's not really. Yeah, I think something needs to go with every order. Maybe I need to give that some thought. I have been telling people about the ceramic, those ceramic um, hones. Hones. Those things yeah. are. I'm telling you, man, they are awesome. They're awesome. Yeah. I guess the reason I do the care sheet with the thing is because you know. I, I guess it goes back to kind of customer service in a way where, you know, I don't want to just drop a thing on the, like people just spent this money on this knife. I don't, I don't want them to all of a sudden have super basic questions about shit. One, I'd kind of do it to prevent them from having, or from, yeah, keep them from having to email me about silly, simple things. Uh, But two, I think it, it, it's about kind of empowering that customer to better understand how that thing works. Um, and how to take care of the knife and and i don't know i think it's yeah where are you going to be having people watching videos from jet tila on how to oh use God. a home steel home right yeah that was really good that's uh, something you sent to us let's just bring it up i mean he's a good dude he's a great chef Food yeah network chef for sure he he did a video a lot of these chefs are doing these like quick knife tip videos and they're great except mm. for when they're not so jet tila who's an awesome chef he did this one about he he showed you how to do the the thing that I hate more than anything else in the world, which is that Tom and Jerry move with you get a steal and you do that like you know the, you know you know on the on the straight and he was the way he was explained the whole thing was like and Mareko sent it to us and it was like <sighs> yeah there's a video of Gordon Ramsay doing something very similar as well yeah you know you know what you know who the worst of them all is and I like Gordon Ramsay a lot and I love Jet Tila. The fucking Salt Bay, that motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. I tell you why. I tell you why it's obnoxious. Wow. I'll tell you. <laughs> that's the only you gotta have a new video. Wow. 
cappuccino. <laughs> the fucking guy, the fucking guy is getting those goddamn knives out of the package and then like slapping it against the steel as if like all of a sudden now it's and then he just I I, I despise I despise what he's doing. I despise what he's doing. I don't like it. It's annoying. It's making people cook bad too because he's telling people yeah. to put the salt on at the end. It's annoying. <laughs> he's like, he's got some he's got some hand eye coordination though. I can't get a hand it to him. Yes. I do oh, wonder man. sometimes how many takes it it takes him to like catch the steak and all that kind of stuff. I would love to see I think out, that, yeah. outtakes of the steak flying across and hitting him in the face or like falling on the ground. <laughs> I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he has excellent hand-eye coordination. It's the it's and I think I think the delivery system is bad. I think that you know that whole putting the cheese in the side of the hamburger and squeezing it out so it looks like some sort of like sexual thing. And then if you ever see him, he does this one thing. I tell you what, I I I, I hate watch him because it's like he Sounds does this like thing where he's cutting fan. something and then he starts thrusting his hips like he's like, and then he yes. slaps the yeah. meat and stuff like that. It's fucking <laughs> annoying. It's like, <laughs> don't fucking cook my food for me, you little bastard. It's enough. He does all this throwing beef in the air and cutting that. But a lot of it is like in front of the customers there as well at the table. So, you know, it, I, I, I don't think he's doing multiple takes of these things. I think he's generally sure. um, Zorro. These and, Turkish people, like these Turkish them. chefs, Merk Tansu got me on all these Turkish chefs. I got, I'm obsessed with them all. There's this one dude. His name is, I think we may, I may mentioned before, his name is like Siznar Burak. And he got this pie face and his squinty eyes, and he does all this chop. Oh, the one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He's he got this squinty eyes, and then he's looking at the camera with this big shitting grin and his eyes squinted shut, which is crazy. It looks like he's like, I mean, we're crazy. And then he'll he'll chop without looking, and he's just like he makes the most disgusting looking food you've ever seen in your life. I mean, he's oh, really? throwing I, it around and slapping it around with a shitting grin on his face. These Turks love the high entertainment. I would love to see Mert do that. <laughs> professional chef right there. Prof- I know. That's exactly yeah. why. Salt Bay. <laughs> oh, fucking Salt Bay. All right. Should we Who's taking a- the next one? Uh, I lost my place. Uh, I happen to have just got a package from Texas Ferrier Supply. It arrived last night. That's where you get the Rhino wet because the Rhino red, red line is awesome. It's awesome for your disc sander. It's awesome for hand sanding. The Indas USA paper, the red line, is awesome. You get it at Texas Ferrier Supply. And if you put in Knife Talk 10, they're going to give you 10% off. Knife Talk 10? They're Knife Talk 10. Right? Knife Talk 10. Yeah, they're Knife Talk 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guys. Evan and the guys are awesome over there. They have all sorts of blacksmithing stuff, knife-making stuff. They have all the things that you're going to need. They are good guys, and they are doing a service to us for um, for selling the uh, Dossi USA and everything else. And they're very happy, and they want to re-up with us. They want to re-sponsor us, so they're going to be with us for a while. Nice. Dossi nice. USA and Texas Ferris Supply for Knife Talk 10, 10% off. Are we on... Oh, okay. I got it. It's Andy Bailey, right? He says, hey, man. Yeah, he says, hey, man, can I ask you a question? The face of the contact wheel on my 2x72-inch grinder is dishing out in the middle, causing the corners to make contact with my work before the middle does. Do you have any questions, sorry, suggestions about how to make it flat again? 
I don't think he means the inside is dishing out. I think he means that the inside of the wheel is in, dishing in. It's dishing in. Mm, yeah. I look forward to this answer. Um, oh. I don't know. I've never seen any sort of dressing tool for... Um... Because generally they're like rubber, aren't they? And you can get different shore hardness, that kind of thing. So maybe his is just really soft. But I've never seen a dressing tool that would that would do anything with that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think you can technically... I mean, if you can get a hold of a lathe <laughs> or know somebody who's got a lathe or... I, you know, I've seen as sketchy sounding as it sounds. I don't, mm. I'm scared to even mention this. I don't know. Go ahead. Just, I'm okay. giving you, uh, as your lawyer, this is gonna be good. I'm giving right. you Let complete carp wash. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, I will, my disclaimer is do not try. This is something I have done, and I do not advise anybody else to do this. Here, everybody get ready. Here, buckle in, everybody. <laughs> with the belt running on the machine, with the belt running on the machine, turning that contact wheel, I have dressed wheels as the machine is on and running. How? Carefully. With the belt with the belt is on, the belt is covering the belt the is covering side. the wheel. From the back side. You, so you dress it from That's the back. That's crazy. Yeah, it's scary. Um and that is why I do not advise anybody doing it. We use like sandpaper? Use the file. <gasps> on rubber? Yeah, it works. Look at you. All right, everybody. Ooh, sketchy. I've done that for yeah. I've done that on a few different wheels. That's that's it's almost as bad sketchy. as like when you're drilling a piece of a, a knife and you're not clamping it down and it turns into a helicopter. That might be worse. Mm. There you yeah, go, guys. I've done that. I've done that. But look, <laughs> if you're looking, you know, if you if you've got trouble with your um, your contact wheel, um, there is one place you can go and you can buy just the wheel. You can buy the accessory arms, or you can buy a whole new grinder at a very reasonable price. And that is Broadback Ironworks. That's them. And we can get you a discount too. I think it's Knife Talk 10, and you'll get 10% off your order with Broadback. They make these fantastic grinders. Um, everything just sort of slots into them. They've got millions of accessories, and they all just slot in. They're made of a standard size, so even if you don't have their grinder, their accessories would probably fit your grinder anyway. Um, they're great. We all use them. Um, I Just this week, actually, I had the um, Surface Grinder delivered from them, and that just slides straight into my grinder works perfectly um and you guys have broadback um ironworks grinders too yes sir bob love it yeah. and i one thing in regards to like when you're talking we were talking before about the uh, contact wheel cupping if your platen cups uh or marks or you go into it they sell replacement plates that fits on your platen for like Two dollars. It's cheaper for to two dollars, three dollars. I think it's three dollars. Three dollars plus shipping. They'll send you a replacement. It's cheaper to get it than it is to buy a piece of steel and tap and drill and tap and do it yourself. So yeah. they have really great uh, little things that help the knife maker, um, and they are knife makers, and, and it's uh, for sure. It's great. Super well, great. and I was yeah. I was using the that grinder for that S grind video <laughs> that I was taking, taking video for, or at least I thought I was taking video for. Um, but what was great is I was using uh, tool arms that I already had or, or ones that I even made um, to on that grinder. And that's what's really, I really appreciate and love about that grinder is its flexibility across platforms, I guess, uh, to be able to use different tool arms from different uh, places or even your own. Uh, on that chassis. Back to 
Andy's question. Oh, by the way, broadbackironworks.com. Knife Talk 10 gets you 10% off on your uh, on your grinder, and uh, the shipping is included in the price. Get it now. <laughs> so back to Andy's question. Do you think, because I have that cupping. The cupping thing has happened on one of my wheels. Do you think mm. a serrated wheel will cut cup less? I mean, obviously, it seems like it's not cupping at all, the serrated wheels. Do you know what are the differences? Some people ask us all the time, what's the difference between those solid rubber wheels and the serrated ones? You know, there's like space in between. I always assumed it was for heat, heat dissipation. So, right. um, yeah, you would get rid of the heat. But I, I'd imagine, sort of from, from a sort of engineering perspective, structurally, it may, yeah, it may well help with that addition as well. Sure. Quite possibly. Uh, from what I understand, uh, and I don't do a lot of hollow grinding, but they grind. They do grind pretty differently from what I've been hearing from friends. Um, with the serrated ones, there there can be, especially if you're running at a slower speed, quote unquote slower speed. Um, there can be a little bit of a, not, not I don't not a bounce, but kind of a chatter in a way versus a solid wheel. Hmm. Um, and so that would be something to take into consideration. Um, if you're using it in that way for for hollow grinding, I I only use my serrated wheels for ripping off scale on my Damascus. I don't really do a whole lot of grinding um, with the contact wheels. Otherwise, this would be a great opportunity, listeners, to send us your unsolicited advice. You didn't ask, yes. but and then tell us your who cares. Tell tell whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Next one comes from Overton Forge. Hey guys, I need some advice. I've been making knife vices for a little while now, and I've finally gotten to a point where I can sell them for a profit. A customer wants to buy the parts list from me so his friends can make his own. Um, and I told him, no way. This is how I make my living. Seems to me it's a pretty shitty question to ask. I've invested a lot of time to making slash designing these things and to sell them to support my business. Have you guys ever had someone ask you something like this and how do you respond without losing face? Guy makes hmm. an, I checked his up. They may, he makes nice knife vices, guys. Uh, I, nice. Overton Forge, I go check I... out Overton Forge. He's making those nice knife vices. Those things are sweet. Nice. Cool. Super sweet. Cool. That's a weird one. Somebody asking for the for a parts list so they can make it. I mean, a lot of people their their whole business model is around you know supplying kits for things, you know, and that and that's fine. Or you know even their designs for things. Um, but if you don't, if somebody comes up, comes up and asks, you know, obviously you're gonna you're gonna want to help them with regards to you know what materials or I've used that material. But you know a full parts list so they can make it themselves. That's that is a shitty question. Well, but, I don't um, even know why it's he a wants very to do similar it. topic. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a very thing. similar topic to uh, Brian House mentioned on his podcast this week, um, Work For It, um, where he makes um, these like grinder kits and um, somebody's ripped off his design, that kind of thing. So it's mm. it's it's similar to that, I suppose. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if somebody's making something that you want, um, m my thought would never be, oh, how could I rip that guy off and make it myself? Who'd always be, you know, pay pay the man for people, you know, his people, hard work. There are certain people who like to do everything themselves. Right. I mean, that's why Clay Spencer put out his designs for the Clay Spencer tire hammer that you can, if you're, if you like putting stuff together, you can make your own. My buddy, uh, yeah, Matt but Paul. That's, that's, built... his, that's his business decision to do that, isn't that? So I'm saying well, a of lot course. of people have some, you know, similar things. There are but if, certain... When people don't, it's weird to then expect them to. 
It's the same person who will ask Moreco to do a video on how to do mo <laughs> Mosaic Damascus. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing where, you know, it, people, people ask and they don't, they don't think about the things that they say. Um, I, it, also, there are certain people who are just cheapskates and they think I mm. can make it, you know, my t they, don't, they don't value their time and they think I can, all I need to know is exactly what to do and this guy's going to do it. Yeah. A knife ice is not... No offense, Overton Forge, but it's not like you're not splitting atoms. So for someone, for that person to, to say that to you, he is a douchebag. That's a douchebag yeah. move. So I we and in regards to saving face, consider your face saved because we're for. <laughs> I mean, we're for you. We're for you. You're gonna get it. Everybody well, asks stupid questions. Well, and maybe there's yeah. a middle road. Uh, maybe, or, yeah, I don't know, maybe for this one, but instead of giving the person a parts list, why don't you just send them a box with all the parts in it and just sell it to them and say, have fun sell putting that parts. together. I think, I think you just need to do the, uh, the, uh, use the Momasi initiative and just block him. I mean, that's, now that's officially <laughs> Well, he says it's the customer, the customer is and asking the, for a friend or something like that. If he doesn't buy it. He's not a customer. That's the same reason with my fucking oyster knife asshole. He didn't buy it. He's not a customer. So if this guy just, you know, I, once in a while I'll get a message from a guy saying, um, I love your knives. You just send me the blank. Can I just buy the blank and I'll do the rest oh of it my myself? God. It's like, no. No. What do you think this is? Fucking Ikea. Ikea. That's what knife prints for. Ikea. <laughs> my sister used to love, she used to say it with such certainty that it was Ikea. And we mm. wouldn't tell her. I mean, I think you going to Ikea? No, we're yeah, going to fucking Ikea yeah. some fucking meatballs. But I made the designs for my, I'm, I'm sorry doing it for all my knives, but for the box cutter available so people can just, just have the design and they can make it themselves at home. Um, and to be honest, that sold really well in that first week. I'd say probably three or four dozen people had bought that design. Um, and since then, nobody has bought it. Um, so I think it's one of those things where this guy may be saying, oh, yeah, I, you know, what he's trying to say is I could do that. That's what he's trying to say. So quite often, if he's given the opportunity to do it, I bet he probably wouldn't anyway. Mm. He just he just wants to put his hand up and say, I could do that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. There is and nobody. As... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Go I was ahead. just going to say, as, as, as a note regarding <laughs> people reaching out to me about patterns, uh, I sent you guys a link or a, a screenshot from this last week. Somebody sent me an email asking me to go dig through my own Instagram to send them links to all the different pattern Wednesdays I did. Fucking uh, awesome. It's, it's just hilarious. It's, uh, not only are they asking me for something for free that I'm already put out there, but they're asking me to do the work to dig through. And it's like, right. you know you saw them. Just fucking look. Uh, but... On that note, I, I am actually going to be going back uh, because uh, it is kind of hard to find them. They're not very well labeled, and I'm going to be hashtagging them all Maumascus, M-A-U-M-A-S-C-U-S. -S 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 -S. I couldn't think. <laughs> I think that's, I don't know. Anyways, Maumascus. Um, that way you can just search the hashtag, and it's easier to find those things. Um, but that's all I can think oh, You can put them do. as a highlight. on. Yeah. You can put them as a highlight on your Instagram. Well, and some of them are highlights. Yeah. And, and ah. oh yeah, I guess I probably could. Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, link them back up it, like basically link them into stories or post them as mm. stories and then add those stories to highlights. That's a good idea. But you're kowtowing to that asshole. 
Well, I'm honest, I'm honestly like the per- the reason I put that stuff out there is because I wanted it to be like a useful reference, and because right. they are now buried, and it's been a while since I've done them, um, they're not a very good reference. And so it's not just that guy, but you know, dozens of people who have asked me uh, for similar things, and it's something I've wanted to do for a while myself. Um, I just right. so. But let's just face it. There is nobody more self-righteous and arrogant as a maker. They learn how to make one thing, and they can ask for that. They'll ask for everything, and they know everything. Back to Overton Forge. This motherfucker, you're the guy who obviously he knows how to make a knife, but he doesn't know how to make a vice. Come on, man. Some, <laughs> I, know. Some, I mean, it's like you think, some of these knife makers. It, it is shocking. How I, I constantly see in terms of, you know, even when it comes yeah. to talking politics, they learn how to make one thing good. And then all of a sudden they know everything about everything. They know how to run the world. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, even Jeff made a, a knife vice. Even Jeff made a knife vice. I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to take any money out of over. Well, you're not selling I'm not, them. I'm not even posting them. I am with you, Overton Forge. Go to Overton Forge. Get a knife vice from him. Even Jeff made one, though. That was what. <laughs> yeah. That's the slug line. Knife vice. Even Jeff made one. So, you know, perfect. You're perfect. Welcome. You. I appreciate it. Uh, okay. Jonathan Hawk uh, says, "Good morning, fellas." Um, I've seen a lot of makers using chop saws to cut huge chunks of steel using the new metal cutting blades opposed to the abrasive discs. They appear to be quite quick and effective compared to a bandsaw, not to mention the considerable cost savings over a decent vertical bandsaw. Aside from the material loss due to a thicker cutting blade, are there any downsides to using something like this in Damascus production? Will the 45 degree miter cuts be enough for mosaics? Curious on your thoughts. Is he talking about a cold saw? I no, think so, yeah. No. Well, no? he's not talking oh, right. about a wet saw. You know, you're talking what you're talking about, Mareko, is um there these big uh chop saws for steel that run super, super slow and then they have coolant. Um I used to use them back in, you know, some metal shops and stuff like that. What he's talking about are that you can see these things in a lot of, I think Alec has one. And it's looks like a uh, like a metal chop saw, but the blade is like a uh, like a wood saw blade. It's blade, and I've seen them before. We used them, actually used them for mostly for aluminum and stuff. But it's a, it looks like a wood miter saw for steel, and they look terrifying. Number one, you know, you yeah. lose one tooth, and it's just like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like as well have an explosion sound or something like that. But I've seen them used with mostly hot rolled hot rolled steel and stuff like that. I don't particularly see a benefit, but one thing I know, and Mareko knows better than me, but the scale on the outside of uh, the scale on the outside of Damascus can be so aggressive that I would yeah. think that it'd be very, very tough. I wouldn't fuck with a metal bandsaw cutting blade, a metal chop saw blade, unless it was a slow wet saw blade. But even that, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah, well, and especially when it comes to Damascus production, uh, to be able to properly cut it, I think, on uh, on a saw like that. I mean, I'd have to, I haven't seen the saw, 
but if it was if this is a cold saw or you're not using any coolant or anything like I've, i imagine the steel has to be pretty damn soft like a a36 like basic mild steel softness and to do that to get to your damascus to that level of softness you have to put it through a pretty long um annealing process and so it's like you i don't know it's like six of one and half dozen of the other like you take the time to cool it off really slowly so you can cut it on this metal saw or you can just do one uh you know bring it up to critical and let it air cool after you do that you can cut that on a metal cutting bandsaw just fine for most steels for sure um and so and that only takes like an hour versus you know a proper anneal is something like you know at least eight hours of time and that also adds if you're using a kiln then there's also the the energy and the cost that goes into running the kiln for that long at those kind of temperatures i don't know i i'd have to see how this is actually being used but yeah just like jeff said as well you you would have you would want to rip the the forge scale off before you started using that saw or any saw honestly really um so I can't believe that the blades are cheaper than like a regular oh, no. metal blade. Right. I mean a regular metal cutting blade, like a cutoff wheel blade, cutoff saw blade. Yeah, know. well and I've started seeing like I I've started using not started seeing, I've started using like diamond abrasive uh metal cutoff discs for like a like a four and a half inch angle grinder or something like that. And just one of those damn things is like upwards of $25 for one disc. Um, but the chance of that thing blowing apart on you is, uh, you know, far lower than, it, you know, it's basically not going to happen versus a, a, like a fiber abrasive cutoff disc. And so there's that safety factor there, but the cost is, is a bit prohibitive. Hmm. Right. Yeah, they look scary. Looks scary. Jonathan Hawk, best name in best name in knife making. Jonathan Hawk. It's a fucking good name, dude. A fucking good it name. It is. It's a proper '80s movie star name. Badass. Shall we do um, our dreams for the week, and then we will do a um, community showcase? Sure. Morocco. What what are you hoping to achieve this week? Uh, I'm hoping to just be a little bit warmer more than anything in the shop this week. <laughs> it's been pretty damn yeah. cold in the shop this week, and it's it's pretty it's kind of discouraging. And one of my heater actually died at one point. Um, but I don't know. It's just like the safety button on the bottom of it. Like I have a little heat dish that I point at me while I grind. Um, and like yeah, the safety button wasn't working, but I got it. I got it working again. Um. And I wish that damn dead animal funk smell would go away. Still? Oh, feel, still. Yeah, Ugh. it's pretty terrible. And I feel like it's actually getting stronger. Oh, it's so, big. It's like a raccoon or something. <laughs> yeah, something. Jesus I, Christ. I feel like I, now I got to actually do some work. To, it's like the whole damn family died. Not just one little mouse, but like <laughs> fucking all oh, 10 oh. of them or whatever. Oh. So, yeah, I think I actually have to do some work now to dig around, at least in my portion of the shop, to try to figure out where it's coming from because it's pretty horrible. Well, you may be better off that it is cold because if it was warm as well. Ugh. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> this is the best time for it to happen. <laughs> Always go. looking on the bright side, Greg. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate it. 
Jeff. What have you got? Well, my wife got the second course of the vaccine, and she's finally feeling mm. better. I'm re- we're really today is the first day she's feeling good. She had not good reactions to either one of them, so we're really psyched about that. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to it. I have a lot of work I'm doing um, in terms of catching up. Um, I'm my kid is uh, taking uh, well lifeguard classes. So I've been driving her. I got actually after we leave here, I'm gonna drive to drop her off to that. And we've been having really great rides and joking. And you know, she's actually talking about college now. And we've been having a really great time talking about that. So I've been having a really, really good time having real conversations with my kid. And that's been like a lot of fun. So I'm super pumped cool. for more of that. Cool. Ha- has there been any more driving lessons? Um. Well, we actually had a slight incident. Um, we, not really, she didn't, didn't have a crash any, again. No, 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 no. I took her to this, this was weird. This was weird. And, but like, she like, she did a good job. We go to this, like behind this high school and there's like a, it's almost like a loop and there's trees and stuff and stuff like that. So she's doing great. And then for some reason, a police car came flying through towards us going the wrong way, like straight dead ahead of her like she's driving nice and slow turns a corner on the right side of the road and this fucking cop is coming in like he's gonna go right through us and i turned to her and i said Mm. i want you to you know pull over she pulled over the cop went right past us we did a fire chinese fire drill and i congratulated her but it freaked her out because she's just like, was he coming mm. for me? I'm like, no, he wasn't coming for you. He was coming for someone else. But I was just like, she's like, he was going the wrong way. And I'm like, yeah, it certainly was. <laughs> but she didn't like panic. She didn't like, you know, she could. I mean, he went right past us. It was like, it was one of those moves where like you want to shit yourself. And she doesn't even have a yeah. driver's license. She didn't have a driver's permit. <laughs> so it was like, it was like, we got to be a little bit more careful in regards to what we do. But uh, it was a very, uh, it was not a pleasant experience. But sure, she did great. Yeah, she didn't imagine. panic and we didn't crash. She just, we did that. She learned what a Chinese fire drill is. So we did that. So. I've never heard of that phrase before. That's, that's where you come to a, uh, a stoplight and then everyone in the car gets out and swaps positions. Ah, <laughs> okay. okay. I don't know why it's called a Chinese <laughs> fire drill. I just always know it. And, you know, there you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, my week, um, I've got a bunch of things to do. So uh, my wife, um, she she writes books occasionally as well. She's launching another book tomorrow, um, so we've we've got that to happen. So I'm hoping that's going to go well. Um, this knife here that I have in my hand that I showed you with the whales on, um, I'm hoping to get this finished and get this out by the end of the week or for sale by the end of the week at least. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's a good week planned. There's nothing There's nothing major major happening that needs to go well. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be busy. So it's all good. It's all good. Nice. This is something we haven't done in a while. Community Showcase. In a long, long time. Mareko, you've got somebody. I do. All right. This kid's name is Silas Blacklow. Uh, on Instagram, he's tiny underscore town underscore forge. He's from... Oh, shit. Where is it? He's from Massachusetts, and he's doing some phenomenal work. He's 17-year-old, at least his profile. I don't know last time his his bio was updated. His profile says he's 17 years old. 
He's doing some really, really, really great Damascus work, especially with the feathers. Um, and the knives he's building look really great too, also. You know, very nice. He's, but honestly, like for a 17-year-old kid, this is some pretty damn phenomenal work. So I just want to give him a shout out. I don't even know if he listens to podcasts, but um, yeah, I don't, I ain't, I don't even know how I came across his work actually. Um, maybe from the Explorer page or something. But I saw that he was 17. And I saw the feathers he was doing. I was like, what the fuck? So go check him out, Silas Blacklow. And uh, yeah, some good stuff. Here we go. If you put the his address in the notes there, I will. Um, I'll make sure I put that in the show For notes sure. then as well cool community showcase jeff have you got one i do friend of the show luftus knives it's holly luftus she's great loftus isn't it loftus loftus yeah loftus holly loftus she's outstanding i actually met her with the blenheim forge guys the blade show a couple years ago she listens to the podcast i hear she wants to do a episode where she interviews female knife makers from for women's day this year so i'm i'm putting you on the spot craig and she said she wanted to do it we'll figure something out i yeah we've spoken a few times about it yeah we're gonna do something with holly is awesome she makes beautiful knives she's in the uk she's our friend um she's super cool and i'm a fan of loftus l-o-f-t-u-s knives Give him hell, Holly. I had a, Holly. Ch- I had a chat with, with her the other day on the phone. Really? Yeah. She's cool. Yeah, it was great. There you go. <laughs> calling everybody. Calling everybody. He's going to call you, too. He could call everybody. Community Showcase. Okay, I've got one, um, and it's hard to um, pronounce it. It's Nordquist Designs. Um, Jesse Thompson, uh, based in Canada, and Nord is N O R D and Quist, Q U I S T designs. Um, beautiful, beautiful kitchen knives. Um, similar aesthetic to uh, Don Wynn's knives, um, but they've got this really striking sort of. At first, I thought it was the tang of the blade that goes into the handle that, that they've made visible, but it's not. They've actually put a slot in and they're using brass and these different inlays, that kind of thing beautiful beautiful knives so yeah nordquist designs and again i'll put this down in the show notes um so people can uh, click through and look at their work and as we're speaking i'm texting with josh smith and he was he said i had he had nice things to say and i was just wanted him to know how we were you know mareko brought up the podcast everybody should listen to the josh i don't know the josh smith show josh smith yeah on you know Definitely give that a shot. He's a good dude. Yeah, I'll find a link for that and put that in the show notes as well. There you go. Okay, I think that's a show. I think that's a show. So remember, if you've got any questions for us, to DM us at uh, Knife Talk on Instagram. And also, if you've got any tips for us. In unsolicited advice. Unsolicited advice. Sorry, we're rebranding this as unsolicited (laughs) advice. Yeah, obnoxious. (laughs) And please, please, please. Send your unsolicited advice to all the podcasts, except for the Full Blast podcast, on the Maker Network. (laughs) Have a good week, everybody. We shall speak soon. Bye for now. Okay, That was fucking fun, dude. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.
America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.